Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Monster Riff Presents brought to you by monsterriff.com, the search for the ultimate riff. As always, I'm your host, Pat Schober, and today I have a very special guest with me. I have the band Delco Detention, made up of Adam and Tyler Pomerantz. How are you doing, guys? I'm doing good. Doing good. Welcome to the show. Uh, as, as you might hear from that, um, Delco Detention is a father-son duo. Um, most noteworthy because uh, Tyler is 10 and was a nine-year-old songwriter when they put together their first album together. So it's really cool to have you guys on the show. Tyler, you are officially the youngest member or the youngest guest on Monster Rift Presents. So congratulations on that. Um, so the Sparknotes version of Delco Detention is pretty cool. I mean, baseline, this is a small group. Father-son duo from Delaware County, PA, right? Which is where the name Delco comes from. Um, that's for our listeners just outside of Philadelphia. And they rose to prominence late last year when, you know, they were doing covers of their favorite bands, especially like on Twitter, they were posting, you know, short snippets of playing together and they were especially covering a lot of clutch songs. They were eventually noticed by Neil Fallon, who is the lead vocalist for Clutch. He reached out, offered to do a, a Clutch cover with them. And then Adam was like, wait a minute, Tyler's been writing some of his own music. Would you want to, you know, do, do one of our originals? And like Neil, as he tells, tells it was like originally like, oh boy, here we go. We're going to have like some kid's song, right? And then he heard it and was like really blown away by Tyler's chops. So they did the, they did the song together. Um, the Joy of Homeschooling was that single and it was really cool. They were picked up by a bunch of online magazines and got covered in a few different ways. The music video went all over the place. And since that time, uh, Tyler and Adam have kind of systematically worked with a number of really cool bands throughout the space. Um, we're talking about guys like... Um, Bob Balch from Fu Manchu, right? Jared Collins from Mississippi Bones, a bunch of really, really cool names and have resulted in an album, right? And the album comes out on September 9th. Is that correct? Yes. Awesome. And so there's there's a lot, lot to unpack there. So let's let's kind of let's dive in. We're gonna go back through some history and then we'll bring up to present day. But uh, Adam, you're a drummer. Right. How long have, have you been playing music in, in some capacity? Wow. So, yeah, I, I just turned 50 in June. So I've been playing the drums probably since I was, wow. I, used to, my, I had an older brother that was five years older than me. And I used to just jam on like suitcases and, and kitchen stuff in his room. Maybe when I was around five, I think I got my first drum set when I was around 10, which is Tyler's age. And yeah, I've been in a bunch of bands along the way, or a lot of original bands throughout my whole life, but I was always kind of just that frustrated drummer, didn't really have any control of anything. <laughs> so yeah, this is pretty special to be doing this with him uh, so many years later. I never could imagine this would happen. Yeah, yeah. And Tyler started off, Tyler, you started off as a drummer too, right? Yeah. When did you start playing drums? Like, when else? five or six yeah and how did you how did you learn how to play drums did your dad teach you um 
No, I kind of just started the way all he did, except I was like banging on like buckets and stuff. <laughs> I but, didn't have any teacher. Yeah, yeah, you kind of like just figured it out. I love the like the really, really old videos of Tyler behind the drum kit, just like, you know, just banging yeah. around on stuff. It's really fun. Yeah, so, you, cool. so Tyler, you started off on drums and then I think you moved to bass, right? Yeah. Did you like playing bass? Yeah, I, I like it. What did you like about bass versus the drums? And I like that I can play less playful stuff. <laughs> right. I will note for our listeners that they are currently sitting in front of a, a Primus banner. <laughs> which is you know, just great for the, the less Claypool reference. Um, so what I, what I think is noteworthy about all of this then is so if I, if I had my facts right, um, you guys were like playing a little bit together and then you went and you saw your first, or Tyler went to his first Clutch concert and saw guitarist Tim Salt up on stage using the wah pedal, right? And I think if I remember correctly, he was like fixated on that during the show and was like, I want to do that. And I think that was his introduction into becoming a guitarist, right? Yeah, we have a great picture, a couple of great pictures of it too, with him just like staring at the stage and another one of him holding the, um, uh, a set list that JP threw down after the show. Uh, that's so cool. So yeah, it was pretty cool. So talk to me a little bit about learning guitar. Tyler, how did, how did you learn how to play the guitar? Because that's a little bit more complicated than like the bass, right? Yeah, I learned. So, um, um, <laughs> we, want, we, we had this rock school and I got lessons there. Very cool. Yeah, there's a Let There Be Rock school here in Delco. Yeah. Which was really a great thing that we got involved with too, which he was able to be with other kids and and jamming weekly in bands and they pick songs for the kids and it was a lot of fun. And yeah. And lessons once a week where he only had about about six guitar lessons and the rest he's really just done on his own how how did tyler compare to the other kids in let there be rock because like on record he comes across very mature and he's a very skilled songwriter so like how, how did he compare to some of the other kids there um i i thought it was I mean, I thought the school was really good for him. I think the hard part was that a lot of times they would be working on the same song for months mm -hmm. and it'd just be like, okay, we're going to play this song again. And you keep playing the same song over and over again. And I think he just wanted to, he's, he's more just like, once he plays a song, he's done with it and he moves on to the next one. So yeah, and so that, that was the part maybe he felt like he wanted to move forward a little quicker than some of the other kids were just learning weren't picking things up as quickly yeah so but what worked out good for him was playing with the older kids there the kids that were older he really had fun with because he could rock out more right and have more opportunities for creativity i'm sure yeah so it's a great place though i mean i would highly recommend anybody signing their kids up for like a rock school if they have them in their areas yeah yeah for sure who were who the bands that you guys really bonded over, especially when you were first started jamming out together and you were kind of recording some of the covers? Obviously, there was Clutch. I think there was some Brant Bjork in there, maybe. I know there was definitely a lot of Brant Bjork t-shirts involved. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think at that time, it was just, he's really obviously turned on the things that I'm listening to in my car, and a lot of things grabbed him. Um, Brant Bjork, we were listening to King Buffalo, all them witches, mm-hmm. a lot of that at the beginning. And since then, we've just kind of, it's everything that he hears for the first time. He's just hearing Jethro Tull for the first time. And then he cranks out like five <laughs> Jethro Tull covers. And I'm like, that's enough Jethro Tull. <laughs> and now he's just covering Jimi Hendrix. We just cranked out a, a Jimi Hendrix cover yesterday. And you're probably going to be hearing more Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty cool how he's discovering classic rock for the first time. And right. Hearing songs that we've heard for decades. Yeah. Tyler, who's your favorite guitarist at this time? Um, Do you have a favorite? Um, maybe like. Would you ask favorite guitar player? Favorite guitarist, or we could say favorite band at this time too, if that's if that's a little too tricky. Like in the moment, like I know it changes every week, but what are you really liking right now? Well, I like Jimi Hendrix right now. Oh. Uh, and I like I Jeff. He, we, he was talking about Jimi Hendrix and he was asking why does it sound so sloppy? I think it sounds good when it's What a good sloppy. Yeah. That <laughs> it's, was... the drum, it's the drummer's fault for that being also <laughs> I also think that when you when you listen to certain recordings of, of Jimi Hendrix, like <sighs> the guitar is like an extension of Jimi Hendrix and sometimes you get little bits of like flair that I think sound like mistakes, but it comes across very naturally and beautifully because there's so much soul in the way he plays. And I just think that it's absolutely gorgeous, but it's raw. It's yeah, really very raw. rare. Yeah. Very raw. Very raw. Yeah. So you, you guys had been kind of like bonding, especially over, over clutch. Um, and you've been doing some covers. Were you actively trying to, gained their attention or were you just kind of like hoping that people would see it and appreciate you know this father son rocking out together it was ever, ever, i don't think it was ever about really gaining their attention or ever really expecting anything of what's happened that like never ever expected neil Fallon to be like even even saying anything so yeah i mean never really was we definitely loved sharing the music but it was really set out to grab anybody's attention specifically however it seems that when you do a cover of clutch or any band that you do a cover of i think they they appreciate it and they like it no matter who's doing it really yeah yeah and clutch has always been good at least on social media about you know kind of promoting people who are covering them and, and putting those those fans out in the spotlight too do you remember hearing from Neil for the first time? And what was what was your reaction hearing from somebody like him? Yeah, I definitely remember. We were down the shore. I think it was this weekend, actually. Or maybe it was, I don't know if it was Memorial Day weekend. Maybe it was Memorial Day weekend, not later. Weekend. Um, we were down the shore, and I got a, a Twitter message from him. Oh, uh, we were in Delaware. Delaware, yeah. Um, Delaware. <laughs> Sorry. That was a uh, Wayne's World reference. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What was the question again? Oh yeah, Neil Fallon. Yeah. Um, I got a message on Twitter from him 
and he was just like, wow, this is really awesome. And it was just really cool, but I definitely remember it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so uh, to kind of recap then, he offered to do a cover with you guys, right? Yeah, yeah, I think we just talked about that. And then like, obviously we threw the, an original song at him. And when he got, I, I think we sent him three songs. We sent him, um, the other two songs ended up being All Ages Show with Nate Bergman. Mm-hmm. When, he, when we sent him that song, he said it sounded like Moby Dick, Led Zeppelin. But the, mm-hmm. if you listen to the beginning of that song, it does kind of have, it's just kind of cool. And we also sent him, um, what was the other song? Oh, we sent him, it came from the basement, which is one Jared ended up doing. Yeah. And he picked the Joya Homeschool and was the riff that he picked. And he also, he clipped it up and, and he fixed it and he, he made some suggestions for us. We took a couple parts out of the song and he looped a few parts for us and sent his rough lyrics back and it just sounded so good. Like I still have the rough lyric versions too, but we won't share those. <laughs> but it was really cool. And so it was a process. It was over a few months that he worked with the rough. He gave us the rough vocals first, and then we sent back a few more ideas. And then we finally got the final product out, mm-hmm. I think around December. Uh, Tyler, what was, what was Neil like? Because you guys met a couple times, right? So what was it like talking to him? We did a Zoom, remember? Yeah. Was, was he a nice guy? Yeah, he was nice. Yeah, he's what I, I appreciate about Neil is that he's obviously, he's yeah, he's, he's funny and he's like obviously got like a really good stage presence too, but he's like very, like, yeah, go ahead, Tyler. Like on the stage, he, he doesn't just like just sing, he also like looks at people and stuff and does like, ah. makes funny faces. Yeah, <laughs> he does make funny faces, yeah. Um, so what is what did you think when you heard the the final song for the first time? It must have been pretty exciting to hear all of that come together. Yeah, it was really exciting, and I, I really liked it a lot. He did he did so he did super good on the vocals. Yeah, yeah. He cha- transformed the song into something else, which is all which with all the all the singers do, which is amazing. It's just we have no idea what we're going to get back, and then when we get it, it's, it becomes a, a completely different song depending on who's singing it. Right, right. So let's let's kind of revisit that moment. So you you do the cover with Neil Fallon, and then immediately, I think you were picked up by a few different magazines like Metal Sucks. I think Louder, obviously Monster Riff did a did a piece on you too. Monster um, Riff, the best piece on us. <laughs> oh, thank the you. Well, I also had like an interview. One, like they, they weren't even pieces. It was almost like they just quoted like the top. They all said the same thing pretty much in one small paragraph, but that's okay. Look, yours, yours was killer. I, I mean, it's just a really good write-up. I, I appreciate that. Um, I won't. I won't make any comments on the other journalists. Uh, <laughs> um, so, so yeah. So you you had that you had that video come out. You got a little bit of exposure there. That was super cool. Yeah. What, what was that? What was that like? Kind of seeing seeing your faces and and like your band name up on up on like articles like that it must have been pretty surreal i was i wasn't really expecting it to like to be on like like the magazines and stuff and every day it seemed like something else was coming out for about a week or two it was kind of cool yeah our 15 minutes of fame right 
I think all, down, all downhill after. <laughs> I think that when we when we last connected, Tyler, I'd asked you what your friends thought. And that was like right after the music video came out. And I think the feedback at the time was like everyone kind of shrugged. Like they weren't really all that interested at school in like you playing with some rock stars. But now that you've played some more, are they do they think that's cool or are they they're not really interested because it's rock and roll? Well, I mean, if they were if they liked rock and roll, they would probably like it. But like they're in the pop music and stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, all of those young kids. Yeah. Kids They'll come around. around. It's their parents fault. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, that's that's what we talked. We well, I guess we for our for our readers or listeners at this point, um, Adam made an appearance during the Is Rock Dead article that we did maybe a couple of weeks ago, and that's something that we talked about. Right? Was kids yeah. Tyler's age are largely influenced by their friends and by their parents. Like, I, and I was the same way exactly with Tyler. My dad was like a huge Pink Floyd fan. So like by the time I was like six, I could sing you Dark Side of the Moon, like from start to finish. Right. Because like that's what I heard every day in the car. And uh, I think, Adam, you're absolutely right. Is that, you know, if, if we want rock to live forever and shine on, we have to kind of foster that and do things like go to rock school and like nurture some of those bit, not those behaviors, but that sort of love and appreciation for the classics and for what's going on today. And when you have, um, when you have like this mass produced music in like pop and rap and hip hop, like it's, it's kind of hard to appreciate rock when it's so raw in a lot of ways. Yeah. A small, small niche for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's doing, it's the doing cool. well. Yeah. And obviously it's, it's doing well in, in this household over here. Yeah. Which is great to see. Sorry. So that's, that's an aside. So getting, getting back on track here, you, you kind of put out that, that music video. And when we talked, you expressed, you know, you wanted to keep doing more and you wanted to see who else you could work with. Yeah. What was the goal after the joy of homeschooling like did you immediately go and look for another guest vocalist i think honestly and truly i don't know if it was really even a goal i just think we just wanted to keep making songs and therefore yeah i i did i did start reaching out to others um wasn't expecting to get get the response that i did even after doing Neil, it was pretty cool. And obviously the first person that we, that we worked with was Jared, which, which we always joke about is that he was the only one that had enough balls to go after Neil Fallon. <laughs> like, you want me to go next? <laughs> you know, well, well, not only did he go next, he also did three songs with you, right? Yeah, three, of, three amazing songs. Yeah. I, I do want to say uh, kudos to, to Jared Collins there. I mean, one of the things we talked about during our last interview was you talked about like the length of his lyrics uh, compared to like Neil's because like Neil's was like a couple paragraphs yeah. and then like Jared yeah. Collins comes in with like a book, right? But that's always yeah. been his style with Mississippi Bones is like Jared's like very verbose. And I think he does a lot of the, he has a lot of the same strengths of Neil Fallon where he's a great storyteller. He's got a really strong voice. And it also very closely, I think, aligns with the Delco detention sound, which is like very 
kind of bluesy, very fun. It's a lot of like really groovy hard rock. And that is just kind of like both of those vocalists fit in really perfectly. That's awesome. And then Jared also, the next song, Across the Water, that we ended up doing, he got me in touch with, with Dom from She Loves Pablo. So not only did he come and do a song with us, but then he, he spread the love and hooked us up with those guys who are amazing. Yeah. And She Loves Pablo. And I went from there, you know, really honestly. Then I started hitting up more people. Um, he had a guitar lesson with, with Bob from Fu Manchu, and I just kind of... I think it was his 10th birthday and he's a busy dude. Like I never really expected him to do anything, but I was like, yo, it's his 10th birthday today. You think you could lay down a soul on that track I sent you? And he's like, all right, I guess I got to do that. And they literally went and did it an hour later, which was really cool. Yeah. (laughs) We had no shot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, just just running through the list of, of guest appearances here is really impressive, especially a guy, guy like Bob. Who's, who's been around. He is. Tell me about Bob and your guitar lessons. And how, I mean, just, he's amazing. Oh my God. Yeah, I teach me how to do solos better. They teach me, like, more skills I don't know yet. And he's mm. really good. Because, I mean, he's just, every second, not even every minute, but every second of that lesson, he's, he's like, working hard and, and making that kid learn something. And That's really great. Should. I, and we've had lessons with others that don't come close. And Bob's definitely, I mean, I, I'm not trying to like push people to go sign up for lessons or anything, but if you're going to get guitar lessons, go, you got to hit Bob Balchop. He's amazing. Is, I mean, obviously he's like a professional musician, but does he offer lessons to the people? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think like on Instagram, it's play this riff at play this riff. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure if he has openings, but. I know that openings come up here and there, but yeah, absolutely. A lot of guitar players are offering lessons, especially, especially with, um, obviously with the, the pandemic and everything, like, you know, they got time on their hands and they need to make money. And when they're not on the road touring, they can, they can be given guitar lessons. Yeah. Yeah. And they're really good at it. So like, yeah, right. They're, they're obviously like very good musicians. We had lesson. He had a lesson with Ben from um, all them witches. He's had a lesson with uh, Kyle from uh, Sword. Oh, so, wow. yeah, I think it's pretty cool that you can reach out to people and get a guitar lesson. I wish I could do it every week, but you know. Yeah, that's really cool. So the the album, fifteen tracks, it's basically done, right? It just has to get packaged and put out there. Yeah. When when you kind of look at it and you're running through the track listing, do you guys have a favorite song so far? It changes for me a lot. What's your favorite song? Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe Angel Animal. His, his lyrics are really good on that. Yeah, that's with King Snake, Digital Animal. And when we wrote that song musically, I remember Tyler saying to me that he didn't like it at all. He didn't think it was really, wasn't one of his favorites. Mm-hmm. But I sent, to, I sent it off to Bill from King Snake. And when he sent the lyrics back and the vocals, he was like, whoa. And it, all of a sudden it's his favorite song. <laughs> so that's what I mean by, it's not always riff, but it's the, it's the, the guy that comes in with the vocals that just, yeah, something else. There, there were a couple songs that really blew me away 
who's listening through this album, the first, I think like the first like three tracks are, I think like the Delco detention, like happy place. Like this is, this is just some really fun riff heavy music. And then we get to mass cat and dirt school. And both of those are like really heavy, especially with like Chrissy Allen, Chrissy Allen McPherson's vocals on mass cat just blew me away. The first time I heard her just like wail. That was really cool. And then on dirt school, it's really, it's really tense and like heavy and dark too. Yeah. Tell me about those two songs, Tyler, did you, did you write those two or where did that, that kind of darker, heavier side come from? Yeah. I think mascot was, was, I think it was one of the riffs we played in the basement a while ago Mm -hmm. or maybe I came up with it. I kind of forget, but. And that was when he got his, um, he got a, a BC Rich guitar and we, and he wrote a couple songs with that guitar and that's when that started. Um, a lot of these songs were just like improv jams, literally just, we hit the record button and he goes, it's first take, there's no really planning. I mean, I can tell you 50% of these songs are pretty much that, there's not much structuring or taking the time to redo them. We pretty much just lay it down and it's done. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what makes it kind of interesting because there's not too much thinking involved in writing a song and adding oh this this needs another chorus or this needs a bridge or this needs that it just there's really no rules so that's what right. for now we do take some time to also try to change things up and add parts when we need to but for the most part everything comes from an improv jam yeah adam do you have a favorite song so far or this yeah, right week now, i guess yeah, right now it's God Surrounds. It's with Thunderbird Divine. It's just really good. It's, it'll be track 11 on the album. Mm-hmm. And also 422 with Kevin from The Age of Truth. Well, those are two songs that we've just, those are his latest and greatest, if you want to call it that. Well, I think like everything he's writing now is a little bit more heavier, a little bit darker. His style is starting to change and get a little bit, like you say, it's not so fun. Like homeschooling is kind of fun and yeah. Hey, neighborhood wide, everybody. It's homeschooling. <laughs> you know, like, right. And it's an amazing song. We love it. But I think our his style, our style's changing. For the yeah. Well, that that leads me to my another question here. When you look ahead, obviously, it's I'm sure it's going to feel great to have this album out. Do you have plans to do another one afterward? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we are, it's already kind of in the works. There's already songs out with other artists that we're waiting on. So we just keep cranking out the songs. We're making new songs every week and um, we're waiting for artists to come back with their stuff. Yeah. Are the, the new songs pretty heavy? Yeah. Well, they're not, they're not like too heavy, like metal. Not like, right. But but like yeah like kind of like God surrounds and four two two if you listen to those songs mm-hmm. it's a little heavier yeah yeah and tuning is changing were you tuning down a lot you dropping down the tuning a little bit I don't really tune down that much only to like be only down to what only to only down to like D okay the first, on the top string <laughs> yeah yeah for sure. Cool. And you guys have gotten to perform a little bit of the album, right? What's that? 
you've you've gotten to perform a little bit of the album, right? Yeah, absolutely. We've played out live about, I would say about a half a dozen times already. That's so awesome. Half of those times are at like open mics where you can just show up, sign up and play. Right. What has, what has been kind of the public feedback and response so far? I think they like it. Yeah. What is, what is their response when they see 10 year old kid up on stage and just killing it? Yeah, I mean, obviously the age factor is what turns the heads and yeah. plenty of amazing musicians. So yeah, I mean, it's, it definitely, when you have a kid up there playing, people are going to notice it more. Right. Um, I think, I think people really like it. I think, I think people in Delco are really stuck on cover music and we're kind of gearing towards being an original band, even though we do do a lot of covers in between just for fun. Mm-hmm. But we're hoping that we can bring you know, original music back. And a lot of these places where you play these bars, they just want to hear something that they're familiar with. Right. So it's hard to get people interested in original music sometimes. Right. Yeah, it's unfortunate because, uh, I mean, like, you, have, you can appreciate a good cover, but, you know, it's, it's nice to see bands create new music. And yep. it's unfortunate when people don't really want that. Now, Tyler, I hear that you don't get stage fright. Is that true? Well, yeah, that's well, true. Well, yeah. He's, he just sips on, he just chill. Me and we were at a show the other night, the Rusty Nail, and, and me and Kevin from the Age Truth were nervous because we had to get on stage. And Tyra was just eating chicken fingers and drinking soda. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I just interrupted you. What were you going to say? Well, like, why not playing like, Maybe if I was playing on like America's Got Town or something, maybe I'll be like a little more scared. But like, yeah, I got you. So you're not scared of the small stage. Yeah. You're just maybe a big crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think you'd want to play on America's Got Talent? I mean, I'm not really trying to get to that, but that would be cool. Yeah, yeah, it would be really cool to see you up there. <laughs> would they be ready for him? Is America ready for that? For Delco detention. For the riff? Right. The riff? Are they ready for that? Right. The one, one last thing I wanted to, to highlight about this album, what I appreciated from this was from like from guys like, like Nathan and Jared and Neil were just like how fun and lighthearted the, the lyrics are. Because even though they're, they're given like a great performance, like Nathan talks about in an all ages show, he writes about how like, no, he doesn't need to have any beer. Like the, sh- the sugar rust from two drinks will get him pretty far. Right. And then like, and like Jared Collins, he's, he's writing about like monsters coming from the basement and yep. uh, it's, it's all, well, it's all really fun. It's really fun stuff. Absolutely. We're not talking about like, yeah, everything's definitely fun. That's what mm-hmm. it's all. The music's heavy, but it's fun. Yeah, and I, I definitely appreciate that because like on the one hand, like it's really cool hearing all of the riffs. And then if you like, I, I was, I had the, I had the album on this morning working on your review and my wife was sitting across the office and she just looked at me and she was like, that's awesome. I think we were listening to the joy of homeschooling and, and, and Neil's like neighborhood wide brown yeah. out. And she just looked at me and she's like, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations. Um, it's going to be out September 9th. Where, where can people get it? Um, 
we're we're gonna have it on CD. I'm still working out the um, the details on. I'm gonna have a website set up for that, and um, it's gonna be on all streaming platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Pandora. All that should be available right away. Sweet. And uh, will will it be on Bandcamp as well? Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. We'll be on Bandcamp too. Perfect. And then I'll, one thing I wanted to ask and about today. The other thing too I want to say is even if a few of those songs were already on Bandcamp, all the songs have been remixed and mastered by um, Leo from the band She Loves Pablo, who again is a hookup through Jared. But um, yeah, yeah. So that, everything sounds really good, much better than like all the videos and stuff that we put out. Everybody, those were just my mixes. They weren't. Now it's going to sound even better. Yeah, I, w- I will say that the, the album is is very clean. Like it's very clear, it's very crisp. It sounds really good. The one, the one thing I wanted to ask about before we sign off here, um, do you want to give any uh, shout outs to any of your artists? Because we talked a little bit about the artwork before we, we started this podcast. Yeah, And the artwork's yeah, really, yeah. really cool. Yes, um, I hope that I pronounce all their names right. So it's, it comes from Winwick Inc., which is Nicholas Scott Smith. And he has artists, um, Norman Goodwin, and Joel Parrott, who did the album artwork. All three of them worked hard on the album artwork. It's going to have a booklet with all the lyrics. It's going to look really good. That's um, awesome. Vinyl, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that, I know that vinyl has been kind of slow for some people, but we'll, we'll figure that out. And, but first things first, we're going to get it out streaming and it'll be on CD. That's great. Well, congratulations, guys. And everyone, keep an eye out for... The new album on September 9th. Yeah, thanks for, yeah. Thanks for being on the show, guys. Thanks, man.